When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome back to the UFO show, Mr. Rubenstein. <laughs> what? What is that voice? The UFO show. Welcome I am Ty. He is Dan. This is a solid verbal on a Friday where we get a little weird. It's a little bit space themed. Sure. On today's show, we've got a fun interview planned. It is with Mike Golick. You know the guy. He's been a sports personality for years. He's obviously a noted Notre Dame alumnus. Also the host of the Fan Exam, in addition to being an ESPN college football analyst. So we will talk in a little bit more detail about how you can play at thefanexam.com. Mr. Rubenstein. Being so, it is our UFO show. I was thinking since there is a trivia component to today's interview, and really what we're here to help Mr. Golick promote, what about Unanswered Friday Orbit? It's good. I I can't remember if we've used that. (laughs) We may have used that already, Um, but I like it. We can come up with something else by the end of the show if, if it turns out we've used it, but no, I like it. Unanswered because we're all, we're pro all things trivia. Well, Golik is handling trivia hosting duties on the fan exam. We are turning him in. We are turning him. Wow, Ty, I had a sip of beer and here we are. We are turning him into the contestant on a very specific branded Mike Golik session of trivia. So unanswered will only remain unanswered for so long because he's got to give us something. 
Gotta give us something. So in advance of College Football Week 14, we do have some news that we're going to get through momentarily. Don't forget, if you're interested in the Patreon, we've just been doing all sorts of cool stuff. We have something very cool that we're going to announce this weekend. Very cool that I am very excited about. You started drawing up some of the graphics and I am blown away once more by your (laughs) creative muscles and making this thing a reality. But um, verballers.com is where you can find the Patreon and get the details on the little game that we're planning. Hint, hint, Mm -hmm. nudge, nudge. Yeah. Going out there, check it out. Also, tons of bonus content. Support the show. Consider supporting the show. It It does go a long way. If you like the show, if you listen for years and you want to support the show, we made it real easy for you. Indeed, we did. Don't forget to follow along on social. Don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, or you can just go out to the website, solidverbal.com, if you'd like more info on how to do so. Dan, let's jump into news. Can you give me a sound? Because I'm losing my voice again. It's happening again. Breaking news. Boop, 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 boop. You'll get there once you become a professional broadcaster. You know, that wasn't bad. That was not bad. Thank you. Thank you. Can we start with something that you don't have listed here on your news bullet points? By all means. Uh, it appears, and I'm just clicking the link right now, but the Boca Raton Bowl is now sponsored by RoofClaim.com. <laughs> RoofClaim.com. You know, Which, by the way, banner day for their website. I'm positive. That has but, to be. Has to be one of those outfits like the one that came knocking on my door about a year ago where some dude I've never heard of or seen before shows up and says, hey, we'll inspect your roof to see if you have storm damage. Mm-hmm. And I let him. I didn't pay him, but right. I let him I let him tell me what was wrong with it and then bid him fond to do. Roofclaim.com, Boca Raton Bully. They also sponsor the number 66 NASCAR Cup and Xfinity Series car driven by, looks like, Timmy Hill. So, I don't know if you have a lot of Tim Hill race thoughts, so Ty, which but is, RoofClaim.com which also is bigger, involved there. The bowl game or the race car? I assume the bowl game. I assume the bowl game in terms of ratings, because bowl games tend to rate really well, and... Correct me if I'm wrong. I want to say FAU with Lane Kiffin won the Boca Raton Bowl last year. Correct. Decidedly. That is factually correct. So you get that big local market. Yeah, you're doing well. Roofclaim.com. I would imagine there was some sort of lowered rate that the fact that it's happening in December, <laughs> the announcement in December means maybe a deal was cut. I don't right. know what it costs to sponsor a bowl game in this very down economic year. But we can probably piece together somewhere close to it between us and the certified and premium for ballers supporting the show. So there you go. Free free advertising for this could have been our opportunity. A roofing company. This yeah. could have been our opportunity, Dan, to sponsor a bowl game. Could have been. Could have been. But I, d- does does your sort of black ops governmental agency do much of that? I have no comment. I will neither confirm <laughs> nor deny. You know the drill. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I guess nobody really fully knew what Bad Boy Mowers was all about. And now here you are, a proud representative. So speaking of bowl games, <laughs> the Vegas Bowl is off. It's the 10th yeah, bowl game that sucks. to call off. They were actually going to play this one in the new Raiders Stadium, 
which it, it's a bummer. We're not going to get to see a college football game, uh, a bowl game played there. But, um, you know, we'll wait another year. We'll get it next year, hopefully. So that game's off. Four of eight Pac-12 aligned bowls now, along with the Red Box holiday um, and Sun. We mentioned the Sun Bowl being called off earlier on in the week. Bummer. Huge bummer. Yeah. One game that is not off. Actually, it's on and it came together very quickly. Coastal Carolina against BYU. So this is very interesting. Very interesting, Dan. They pulled this one together in a matter of hours or days. It wasn't originally supposed to happen, but there were some cancellations. And now here we are. BYU is favored by 10 points in this game, Dan. We certainly don't have a preview ready for it, but... I don't know. Any thoughts on this? Like flex scheduling universe that we've entered into. We've seen it in the Pac-12. We're now seeing it here with BYU and Coastal. And as matchups go, especially in week 14, I think this would qualify as one of the better matchups. It's a pretty good game. They've combined to lose how many games, Ty? They've combined to lose zero games. Zero games. That's a hell of a matchup, Ty. I am four matchups I can call a hell of a matchup. And this is on the teal turf. BYU's traveling Provo to, I believe it's Conway, South Carolina. I'm going to watch the hell out of this. I, I mean, we've got two good quarterbacks. We have two really impressive stories, given where, you know, BYU having the up and down 2019 and then storming a, a not fully impressive, but not their fault schedule this year thus far. And perhaps being a little bit farther, further down in the uh, in the playoff rankings than I, I think I would have assumed. And obviously, Coastal has been an amazing Sunbelt story. And I, I just, I'm excited that this was able to come together in a very strange year. It's a very positive thing that the the forces behind the scenes were able to make this happen. So we, a lot of people have discussed, and we have questions that we're going to answer answer on the BrewFO about: Is this something that we could see becoming a more regular thing? Flex scheduling, or not necessarily flex, but last second, leave an open date kind of thing uh, in place. And this all came together, obviously, because Liberty was not able to have the minimum number of players right. to play in this game that they were having their own COVID issues, which is unfortunate, of course. Um, but yes, to, to have BYU have this available week and the Liberty Coastal game looked like it was going to be a fantastic one. Right. I was so, going to say, in a, in a weird way, yeah, this is a pretty big upgrade for Coastal and for BYU. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's... I mean, Liberty-BYU would be a hell of a game, too. I just... Um, I, I don't know if it's an upgrade, but it's... There's no fall-off in terms of no. how interesting this game is. Perhaps even more just because the BYU... The big BYU game we did get to see, unfortunately. Boise had a, a hurt, an injured quarterback situation afoot. And now we get to see BYU at whatever full strength means in 2020, and same for Coastal, face off against each other. And so I don't... I forget about the playoff. Let's just enjoy really impressive football teams. That's that's all I want. And finally, before we get into our interview with Mr. Golick, mm-hmm. you ever hear of a thing called the Night Commission? Um, yes. Couldn't tell. Yeah, they're just like sort of a group of people who think about college sports. I don't know how to define them. What are they? Essentially, right? It's a commission okay. of it's a commission of higher education administrators. They don't wield power, though. They don't wield power, but you know, it's a, it's a notable group that has, over the course of time, offered suggestions for the course mm-hmm. of college football. And as of today, we're recording this on a Thursday. They've got a 
pretty significant proposal that they've put out. Again, it doesn't mean this is going to happen, but the proposal would leave 130 schools that participate at the FBS level to form a new governance structure. So what's notable about this is that structure would not be the NCAA. They've suggested that maybe they use a separate group like the college football playoff to organize a championship. This would mean that the NCAA is no longer responsible for overseeing the enforcement of rules, determining eligibility, creating health and safety protocols for FBS football. You could imagine there being a huge, 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 (laughs) just like Zoom call. Where are you going with this? You could imagine there's a huge Zoom call right now at NCAA headquarters talking about what what this means in context. Again, hate to reiterate this, but doesn't really mean a whole lot. But I would say just given the state of affairs, and I know we've been tweeting a little bit about the college football playoff and where we think the sport is headed. And to an extent, as we've discussed for many years in this show, it does feel like college football as a business has sort of outgrown college football as a thing that the NCAA can govern with any real efficiency. Right. And so and it does not, it, I su- mean, it should not come as a surprise to anybody that we've no. got a commission of, you know, smart people, opinionated aunts and uncles, <laughs> opinionated <Yeah>. aunts and uncles <laughs> yeah. looking at this and saying, maybe they should just break away. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, the NCAA's involvement with FBS football has decreased exponentially over the years in that they're not organizing the sport. They're not, you know, coming up with what the postseason's going to look like. It's, you know, we have this, we have bowls, we have the, uh, the college football playoff, excuse me. And the NCAA is there to enforce eligibility rules. And so college football has obviously grown to an astronomical place as compared to other sports. The NCAA's big cash cow is the, NCAA tournament. That's that's where they make their money now uh, with regard to major college sports. So um, I should say NCAA tournaments in basketball. So I I suppose it's it, something that we've been talking about for a long time. It's just also one of those things where it's just like we're getting away from fully explaining why there's a college part of college football if the college sports governing body has literally nothing to do with it. So, I I mean, it's one of the great and attractive and strange inconsistencies about college football, which helps to make it great. But uh, yeah, it, it, it opens up interesting cans of worms. The Knight Commission. More to come on this, I'm sure. The Knight Commission. The Knight Commission, yeah. Dan. The Knight Commission. That's all I got <laughs> in the way it, of news. If you say it often enough, it sounds better and better. That's all I have, too. All right, Dan. Joining us now, it's ESPN college football analyst, well-known sports personality, and the host of the Fan Exam, which we're going to talk a little bit about here today, Mr. Mike Golick. Sir, how are you? I am doing well, man. How are you? Fantastic. We're doing really well. Good. Yeah, so we want to start off by talking about the fan exam. We at the beginning of the pandemic, Dan and I would kind of make it a daily thing where we would go live on Twitter. We would pull somebody onto our show or onto our stream. Your son was one of those individuals, and we would just play kind of like a I don't know, a, a scrap together trivia game. You are now hosting a trivia game, 12 questions per game. <clears throat> Talk a little bit about the game and exactly what this all entails. Well, 
I, I'm on the right side of it because I'm sure my son was horrible at trivia and however bad he was, I'm 10 times worse. I am horrible. Just like when I studied for tests in school, the minute I took the test, I forgot the content and I just moved on. That's kind of like my sports career. I was playing and playing and playing and I didn't know so much about the trivia, but I was approached to do, you know, it was kind of like this Scott. I always, I always forget how to pronounce his last name that did that HQ trivia. I used to play that all the time. We all did, you know, 10 questions or whatever it was, 10 or 12 questions. But if you got it wrong, you were done. Well, this was great because A, it was sports. B, it was college sports. And C, even if you got it wrong, you got to keep playing. And there were prizes attached to it. So I figured all I had to do was be able to read, which I've been doing for a couple decades now on air. It's all I had to be able to do is read in front of a camera, which at times isn't the easiest thing in the world, <laughs> and, uh, and have some fun, you know, mock some people who got some answers wrong, congratulate some people who got some answers right. So it's very cool. The biggest difference is like we're all doing now, like I'm sure you guys are doing and everybody's doing, you're doing it from home. You know, the last three months of, of Golick and Wingo were in my basement. We had the, the, the studio set up there. So that has turned into the studio for this. I've done some hits for CNN, and that same room has turned into the studio for CNN. So it's just a, it's a makeshift room that you put a camera in, you put some lighting in, and you ask some questions. But it's a lot of fun. I mean, we're getting a lot of people involved in it. Like I said, you get some college rivalry going. So I'm having a good time with it. What is the number one tip you have for people now working from home? What is what is the big hack you've discovered that has made your life better slash easier? Well, I, I number one, hey, you got to have really good Wi-Fi. Unless you're hooking up by Ethernet, you know, uh, you better have some good Wi-Fi. Uh, that's number one, or you're going to get choppy or, or go off. So, so unless you're hooked up, you know, you're hardwired, you better have some good uh, Wi-Fi. If you're on TV. You better, I don't care what I look like, but my wife wants to say she's married to somebody who's halfway good looking. So <laughs> make sure you have some good lighting. Like, you know, uh, I, I'm looking at you and, and you have horrible lighting because you look horrible. Wow. I'm just, I'm just I have a beautiful kidding. soft light right I here. I, I just had to say it. But I know. Wow. I, the, 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 you know, everybody has that lighting ring now. Oh, it's know? tough though. Yeah. Yeah. So. If you're going to be on, yeah, on camera, have the lighting ring. And if you're, you're going to be on air, air anywhere, anywhere, have good Wi-Fi. So smart. Ty, go for it. What do you have? I was just going to say there are two more weeks of the game remaining. Oh, yeah. The shows on December the 8th, the 10th, the 15th, and the 17th I have in front of me. So what is it like actually being the host of a trivia show as compared to a lot of the other stuff you've done in your broadcasting career? Well, I love it because, and I was so excited when they approached me because it's different. You know, I've done, you know, after playing football, I've done a, a lot of things from TV to radio, a lot of different things, but I've never hosted a trivia game show. So I, I really like to kind of try some different things out there. And this was fun. And I think one of the best things about it is it is different, but after each question, when I give the right answer, I give a little factoid about it, which and I, I see the questions just a, a few hours before the show just to proofread and go over and we all go over to make sure everything's factually correct. But I love the little factoids after the answer. Those yeah. are really cool. That's a lot of stuff I never knew. And I thought, man, 
you know what, when things, you know, get back to normal, people can take some of these factoids and go win a buck at the bar somewhere. I think it's pretty good information. So I, I like that you use the term factoid because we are going to play a game with you. You are now going to be the subject. You've already said that you are terrible at trivia. That's oh. okay. Because oh. we have a forgiving audience. The questions are very dumb. And because I, I like the name of your show, The Fan Exam. But right now we are examining you. And okay. so I have decided to call this show, because we're all men of a certain age, The Golanoscopy. Are you okay with that name? The Golanoscopy? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I was a little bit worried. It goes to a strange no. place, but I'm good with it. Okay. Listen, it's a, it's a place we all need to go at some point, right? <laughs> True. Care. Absolutely. We're all taking that voyage. Yeah. Um, so here, here's how the game works. I have five categories. We're going to ask you five questions, and then we're going to ask you follow-up questions that perhaps more have to do with you, more have to do with college football, whatever. Some of these are college football questions. The categories, we have a mic category. We have a go category. We have a lick. See where I'm going with this. We have a fan category, and we have an exam category. So, Mike, go, lick, fan, exam. You tell me where we're starting of those categories. How do I not start with the lick? I mean, I think that's a great call. Here we go. For no dollars, no cents, there's a famous Tootsie Pop ad campaign about the number of licks it takes to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop. The question is asked by what kind of bird and your hint. There it is. I was going to give you a hint that there are three FBS football owl programs. Owl is correct. Do you know, do you know those, the programs? Uh, Well, temple owl. That's probably the only one I'm going to know. Rice and FAU. But oh, very good. I good. love that commercial when he starts doing it. A one, a uh-huh. two, and then he bites it. A three. It takes three licks to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop. So here's here's actually the interesting factoid on this. From, <laughs> I love it. From Tootsie.com, because we couldn't leave well enough alone. Of course not. Quote, a group of engineering students from Purdue University reported that that its licking machine, which I don't even want to know. Nope, more about that. <laughs> it's licking that, machine. That was Mike's nickname in high school, by the way. Continue. <laughs> modeled after a human tongue, took an average of 364 licks to get to the center. Meanwhile, 20 of the group's volunteers assumed the licking challenge, unassisted by machinery. Thank you for that tidbit. And averaged 252 licks. So. I guess we're to surmise that the real human tongue can do it a little bit more efficient, efficiently, excuse me, but still a lot, uh, a lot of meat on the proverbial yeah, bone there. Gotta really be careful where you say stuff like that. <laughs> but that was a, uh, the, see, I love those kind of factoids because I, you know, listen, robots aren't, aren't eating the, the lollipop. So I go with the human side of that in 200 or whatever it was. That's, mm-hmm. that's a great factoid. I like that. Have you seen an owl in the wild? Are you an owl guy? There is an owl. Every night we hear outside my house. We have a bunch of woods outside my house and we hear an owl every single night. It's awesome. I would love to see the owl. I haven't yet, but I hear them. They're awesome. We we hear one at our place here, Mike. And same deal. We've heard it for months on end. And during the pants, at some point this summer during the pandemic, my wife and I were outside by our fire pit and just saw sort of like the creepy silhouette of the owl atop oh. our roof. Mm-hmm. And that was all wow. we saw. We didn't get to see it fly or anything. But we just sort of saw it watching hey. there, gazing upon us. 
It's a great story with a humble brag that you have a fire pit. Well done. <laughs> yeah. No, I love that. That's another factoid. That's yeah. another factoid added. Okay. Are we going to Mike, go, fan, or exam? Let's go fan. We're going fan. Okay. I like this question a lot. In the middle of a major sporting event, a man called the Fan Man descended into the action, interrupting everything and causing a mess. What sport did he interrupt? And bonus, who was competing? Uh, it was boxing. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't Ali, was it? It was not. It was Riddick Bowe of Vander Holyfield. Oh, okay. I knew, Bo I knew it was a heavyweight. I knew it was I knew it was heavyweights. I just couldn't remember what one. But I remember when he came came down into the ring. So, like most of my tests, I would get partial credit for that. I mean, the bonus was just the, that question. You got the question right. You're oh, two for right. two, and putting your that. son to shame, well, the man I mean, with your name, you are de- yeah. you're demolishing. I never, I never should have gave him my name. So, <laughs> <laughs> do you do you have experience with fans running on the field? By the way, interrupting. No, um, they. I remember they used to do it in, in football games. I'd see, but football players will hit them. So you, if you, well, again, if you're going on the field, that usually means you're so hammered. You don't realize what you're going. I think it was Mike Curtis decades ago from the Baltimore Colts that so badly laid out a fan that ran onto the field that I don't know why another fan would ever attempt it in their lives outside of the, and now I'm going back in time because I know I'm way older than you guys. Do you guys remember the kissing bandit? Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they would let her run out of the field because you knew you were going to get kissed. It's <laughs> an easy mark. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh man, that's what would you have? What would your strategy have been? Would you have let somebody else tackle, or is that oh, like yeah. the moment I'm, everybody I'm not, waits I'm for? Not, I'm not wasting my energy. I got enough to worry <laughs> about the 300 pounder I got to go against. I'm not running after some guy. Someone will get him. You know, unless he's unless he is. You know, endangering somebody. Yeah, go go do your thing, man, until you get caught. All right. We've got we've got a mic category, we've got a go category, and we've got an exam category. Exam. Let's go with go. Let's go with go. All right. In arguably the most famous play consisting of go roots, Doug Flutie completed a game-winning Hail Mary against Miami. We all know about Doug Flutie, Flutie, but who started quarterback for the Canes that year? Okay, that was in the 83-84 for the Canes. I got there in 81 to Notre Dame my true freshman year and played against them, and Jim Kelly was finishing there. I don't think it was Vinny at that point. Um, Was Dorsey? It was not. It was not. It was Bernie Kosar. Oh, I should have known that. I played against Bernie a bunch in NFL. Oh, I got one wrong. Doggone it. Bernie Kosar. So uh, that was 1984. Right. Uh, You were captain of Notre Dame football team then. I believe you guys played against Miami and lost. That that game that was 56 to 7 was the year after I left. I uh, was not in that game. And I thought you were going to ask me, who was the receiver? Who was on the receiving oh. end of the Hail Mary? Okay. Do you know Do you the know? answer to that? I believe it. I believe it. The last name's Palin. I can't remember if it's Scott or who, but I know it's like 
P-H-E-L-E-M or something like that. And a guy I worked with at Notre Dame. Gerald Phelan. Yep. Yeah, Gerald Phelan. Okay. Dan the Duke Davis, who was the voice of Sports Center's radio for years. Sure. He did the, he did the radio call for Boston College. And he has when you see that, when you see that famous play, they play it with the radio call. And that is my buddy Dan Duke Davis on the call. Nice. There's your factoid. There it is. You beat me to the punch. Do you have any particularly triumphant and or soul crushing plays that you personally experienced out on the field? We, uh, well, the year before that, that play, we played um, Doug Flutie and Boston College in the Liberty Bowl my junior year in Memphis. And there was an ice storm. And I blocked a punt in that game. We won that game 18 to 17. So that was a pretty big play in that game. Wow. All righty. Nice. Other than that, I don't remember a ton about my, I, there's other people I remember more about my career than me. My listen, I had three interceptions and I got tackled by the quarterback every single time. <laughs> I had, I had 11 and a half sacks in nine years. So I averaged a little over one per year. It was, it was a nice career of nine years, but there were not many distinguishing numbers. Did you ever campaign for any sort of goal line action on offense? No, never did. And, and no team I was on ever thought about putting me on. So <laughs> Do you think a, you would have thrived in that environment? I will always say yes. I will always say I could have succeeded there. Yep. Uh, and now it's even better to say that because we have no way of knowing if I ever would have or not. It's a good answer, Ty. It's a good, answer. really good answer. Mm-hmm. All right. So we've got what two categories left here. We've got the yeah. mic and we've got the exam, the bookends. I'm going to save my name for the end and let's go with exam. Exam it is. All right. Um, I don't know if there was a final exam, but this Heisman winning quarterback from the last 20 years, hint, hint, famously returned to school for a fifth year, only taking one rigorous class ballroom dancing yeah god i know this one and i'm gonna forget the name we had him on my show i remember we, we talked about it with him on the show <laughs> it was a i think it was a west coast guy yep. a current media member current media member current college football analyst yes oh my god um, um, uh, SC, SC, SC is correct. Yeah, I was gonna say if I mentioned the jeweled shillelagh, does that give you any hint? <laughs> the jeweled shillelagh that's again sounds like a personal thing, but um, <laughs> oh, it's an SC quarterback. And why, why, and I, listen, I was born and raised to hate SC. Uh, I actually, when I was there, I was playing against Sean Salisbury, was was one of the quarterbacks there. Um, Sanchez never won the Heisman. Pre-Sanchez. Uh, uh, oh, oh, um, uh, I'm not going to get it. Matt Leinert. Oh, Leinert. Matt Leinert. I was Matt Leinert, the left. Matt Leinert. Matt Leinert doing stuff with Fox now, correct? Correct. That's right. He's, he's on. He's on the studio show. Does a does a good job alongside Reggie Bush and some others. And, uh, Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer. Yeah, who will soon be coaching again, probably. Um. So I'm okay. I need this last question now to be, you know, in a winning percentage. Well, first of all, how are you as a dancer? That's what I want to know. Uh, it depends on how drunk I am. Uh-huh. Uh, sure. But, but, but I feel I can move fairly well. Some injuries have cost me 
some mobility, but I feel I probably can't do many lifts because of the shoulder operations, but I feel that I can I can move decently well enough. Are you enthusiastic in normal times, obviously, on a, on a yes. wedding dance floor? Are yes. you one of the first people out there? Uh, no, I am not. But I will say this is where we're having some fun at my son's expense. This is where he blows me out of the water. He is hmm. people would invite him to weddings even if they didn't know him. He is Love it. the party of a wedding. He goes on when they start to dance and doesn't leave until they're done dancing. He is ama- he is the wedding party guy. Um, so I'll, I could do it somewhat. He does it to the nth degree. Smart, smart. Did you have a class, by the way, in school, be it at the end of your career or anything where it was not necessarily rigorous academically that you'd re- re- like remember fondly? Come on. I went to Notre Dame. Yeah. He went to, he went to SC. I mean, uh-huh. enough, enough said. Wow. You know, there's Ooh. no basket weaving at Notre Dame. All right. No, no. We didn't have any of those kind of classes. No blow offs at all. No. Okay. Okay. Good no. answer. Right. Good. Answer. Very, Absolutely very Notre Dame not. answer. Bring yeah. the fire here. All right. The elite, the elitist Notre Dame people. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Final question in the Mike category. LSU's Mike the Tiger yeah. eats 140 pounds of meat per week. Is this more or less than what the average American eats of meat in a year? 100 pounds in a week. Does an average American eat more than 100 pounds of any kind of any kind of meat? 140 pounds of meat. So, yeah, any kind of meat. Any, any yeah, poultry, red meat, whatever. In a year, I have got to believe human beings eat more than that. I know I do. The answer is, you're correct. It is less. Yes. The, the average human eats 222 pounds yeah. of meat, of average to. American, a I year. Throw that, I throw that off because I'm up in probably the 500-pound range. What, what is your annual meat intake? A lot. Or your, or your weekly meat intake, let's say. Uh, probably close to to the tiger. <laughs> wow! And that and that's all kinds. That's that's meat. That's red meat. That's chicken. I mean, I'll I'll do it all. I don't I don't uh, I don't discriminate. Has there been a go to dish this year? Spending more time at home, a meat dish, be it grilling, be it baking, whatever. Has has there been something go to for you, especially in twenty twenty? I'm a I'm a big griller. I have a grill here, and since you know I was home all the time, my my work commute lasted you know a set of steps so uh, a lot of burgers a lot of burgers a lot of cheeseburgers probably one of the best meat eating experiences i had again this may predate you guys if you ever heard of a place called the ground round restaurant oh yeah sure so it's a place where they they gave you free peanuts and you could just throw the shells on the floor you know and be messy and me and my two brothers when we were growing up uh, one night they had a, uh, all you, all wings you could eat for X amount of dollars. And like the beers were like 50 cents. So it was, it was a slaughter fest. So <laughs> at, at the end of it, my brothers, I can't remember which one had the most, but one of them ate in the one thirties, the other eight in the one teens. And I brought up the rare, I was in the nineties as far as wings eaten and gallons of beer being drunk. So it was, uh, that was probably one of the better eating displays. I, I had definitely had, I think it was the low nineties, 92, 93 wings over a matter of a few hours. We were just 
I don't want to know what your next morning was like after a collective Uh, nearly 300 combined wings. Probably don't want to know what the next after three hours was like on that one. (laughs) Yeah, that that was a bad night. It's a place that had fans running um, like at low speeds. And and my brother Greg is like 6'9". And at one point we were doing something stupid. He threw his hands in the air and his hand went right in the fan. <laughs> luckily it was, luckily it was slow moving and he was the ultimate fan exam. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I like that. Oh man. Is there, um, is there a particular food do you think you could eat more of? Because like we have a thing on our show, Dan loves his pizza. Yeah. I have a weird fascination with pumpkin pie. I think I could eat the most like pumpkin pie of any food item. What, what would that one thing be for you? Uh, probably there are two things I did on, I've done a lot of things on the show, but one of the things I think I could compete well in is bacon. There Mm. was a, um, one time when we were doing the show still at ESPN, there was some stat about somebody who ate X amount of bacon in X amount of time. And we were talking about it on the show. Me and Mike looked at each other like, that's nothing. So we had the ESPN calf cook us up a few pounds of bacon and they brought it on the set and we just, we were crushing bacon. <laughs> the other thing I did is I ate 38 uh, mini donuts in like oh, four minutes or something like that. That's a great call. But if I had to pick one, if it, if it was nice, crispy bacon, I think I could hold my own against anybody in that. What, what is your preferred bacon cooking method? I, I need it crispy. I mean, okay. I'll, I'll put it in the pan, you know, sizzle it up and then, you know, dump it out and drain it and let it, let it really kind of crisp up. I, I, like I, I got to have a crispy. I don't like that, that limp fatty looking bacon. I need a crisp. I like that. Do you know about the, the oven method where you start your oven from off and you preheat and get it to like 400 degrees in a pan? It cooks it slower. You still can get have it as crispy as you want. But because you cook it slower, it stays meatier and crispy. That's what I do. I recommend it. Yeah. yeah. How how long do you cook it? It's a longer cook. It's about 20 minutes. Yeah, it takes about 20 minutes. So in a regular pan. Yes. You, you basically put it in an oven that's off and then you set it to 400 degrees and it cooks as it preheats and comes to temperature. Okay. You know, I'm going to try that. It's. I mean, we've got nothing but time, folks. <laughs> Boom. There you go. Yeah. I like it. All right. So I think a pretty successful campaign here on, yeah, the, absolutely. on the trivia game, acquitting yourself yeah, got, well as a trivia host. I got, more, I got more right than wrong. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's a win. Golanoscopy, tie. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not you bad. can use that, by the way. In any of your future endeavors, feel free. I don't think golanoscopy. I have trouble pronouncing it, <laughs> let alone doing it. Fair it's not enough. like I'm giving myself a colonoscopy. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, an intellectual one is, is how yeah. we're looking at this ah. one right now. An intellectual colonoscopy, Ty. Is there a better place to end it than there? I was going to ask choice. him about Notre Dame. I guess there's oh, sure. Ask him about a, Notre Dame. Ask him about Notre Dame. A, a tie-in if you want to talk about intellectual colonoscopies. Uh, so, Notre Dame, um, doing quite well this year. You obviously have a, a pretty obvious connection with the university. Um you know, I just I'm curious to get your thoughts on how you see the rest of the season playing out. Um, you know, it's been cut a little bit short given some of the decisions by the ACC conference, but it seems like barring any kind of catastrophe this weekend, we're headed towards another Notre Dame Clemson rematch and then perhaps a playoff. Um, it, generally speaking, how do you feel about this Irish team compared to some of the versions we've seen in the recent past? 
Well, the, the one I compare it to is the 2012 year, the year both my boys were on the team. Mike was the starting right guard, and they went undefeated before they got shelled in the title game against Alabama. But the comparisons I have are that defense in 2012 was a top defense in the nation, and then they just, you know, didn't play well, and Alabama played really well, and they put up 40-some points on us. The offense that year was basically a – 200 rush, 200 pass offense. There was a redshirt freshman, Everett Golson, who was a uh, quarterback, didn't throw great. Tommy Reese, the current offensive coordinator for Notre Dame, was the kind of the bullpen quarterback then. He would come in at times. This offense is a better throwing offense. This defense is almost as good, not not quite, but they're right there with that with that defense. And I think that's one of the reasons – they're where they are is this defense. This defense over the last few years has picked up a lot of speed. And I know a lot of people say, well, you know, Clemson didn't have Trevor Lawrence or four starters on defense. And, that, and that's all true. But, you know, you play with who's on the field. That's just the way it goes. We'll, we'll have another shot here to see what happens. I do think Notre Dame has enough to compete because of the defense. That's why I thought they would compete well in the 2012 game because of the defense. But it didn't happen that way. So we'll see. Ian Book is having a, a heck of a year. He's not the greatest passer around, but he finds out how to do it to get a win, and he runs extremely well at times. I think the big thing about this year is the teams outside the top four will be rooting for Alabama and Notre Dame. Reason being, Alabama will probably play Florida in the SEC title game. If they beat Florida, Florida's got two losses, they're out. If Notre Dame beats Clemson, Clemson now has two losses, and they're out. Because if they go the other way, if Florida beats Alabama in a good game, there could be a chance both Alabama and Florida make the Final Four. And if Clemson were, and or if Clemson were to beat Notre Dame in a close game, you could see Clemson and Notre Dame possibly being in the playoffs. So so that's kind of where we are. I do think Notre Dame does have the ability uh, to contend this year, yes. And it does feel like they've gotten better as the season's going a little bit deeper, you know? Well, well at, at one of the reasons, I mean, it took a while. They were placing their three top receivers, including Chase Claypool's having a rookie of the year year with the Steelers, but they were placing three of their top receivers. And one of the guys that's really kind of stepped up has been a true freshman, Michael Mayer, the tight end. So that takes a little while. You know, your new receivers on the outside, you know, a freshman tight end to go along with a junior tight end in trouble who's uh, Tremble, who's doing a nice job, obviously, as well. So I think it took a little bit of time. They were running the ball well. It took a little time to get the passing game going. And then again, uh, when Ian needs to run to get yards, he does a great job doing that. So, yeah, they they built nice. And Clark Lee, their defensive coordinator, that's going to be the issue going forward, is he is going to be a candidate for head coaching jobs out there. Notre Dame's got to find a way, hopefully, to hang on to him like Dabo and Clemson have been able to hang on to Brent Venables, their D coordinator, which means pay him a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Pay that man his money. All right. Well, his name <laughs> is Mike Golick. He is a noted Notre Dame alum, but of course, an ESPN college football analyst and the host of the fan exam. Again, we got two weeks of games left starting here on the 8th of December, running through until the final game on the 17th. We wish you well, Mike. Thanks so much for stopping by. We'll we'll have to check out the game, and uh, best of luck. All right, thanks, man. My pleasure, guys. Take Appreciate care. It. The Solid Verbal is sponsored by BetterHelp. Here's a question. What's the first thing you'd do 
if you had an extra hour in your day, would you go for a run? Would you take a nap? You know, a lot of us spend our lives wishing we had a little more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you in the first place. Therapy can help you figure that out and help you make it a priority so you can do more of it. Therapy can benefit everyone. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills, how to set boundaries, or just trying to find the best version of yourself. It's not just for folks who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com solid today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash solid. All right, Dan, fun conversation with Mr. Golick. <laughs> yeah, you love that word. Fun show. Fun. fun show. People, people have pointed that out. And I love it. I love that people listen so much that they understand our our leanings what we what we use as crutch words i use the word obviously far too much but uh that was fantastic i i've, I've long been a fan of mike golick i'm glad he has zeroed into college football of course he was on the radio forever and ever i thought he was a good sport i am happy that the word golinoscopy got used a number of times that was a goal of and mine didn't, and didn't offend him which is always why a would it at this point at this point so I, I anytime I can do anything and tie it to a game show or trivia tie, you know I'm a fan. So what really is, appreciate him coming on. I realize this after I said it that I mm-hmm. don't know for sure. What what is that one food for you that you could eat the most of? When he said it's it's probably nothing sweet because I definitely feel like I have ceilings with sweet foods where I just feel gross. Uh, but when he said the mini donuts thing, that took mm. me back to high school. They had that in our like little cafeteria shop there. The donut. And I holes. used to pound the no, not donut holes, like the Hostess donuts. Oh, like yeah. you either either yeah. powdered or the chocolate frosted. Not a sponsor. Or I think right? you, or I think a cinnamon crumb maybe is there's an option. Not a sponsor. But if somebody, if Leland Host is is listening, I'll take a case. Um, yeah, that took me out. What is my one food that uh, tacos are pretty interesting to me because there's nothing particularly starchy, whereas like a, a pizza dough, you know, it's going to fill you up pretty quickly. Um, bacon's not bad, but the grease factor, it, your mouth could the mouthfeel is not ideal after a while. Um, could you eat a Could you eat a whole Domino's pizza? A large Domino's plain pizza. It's, but see, uh, I could probably eat a pizza that size. I don't know if I would do Domino's. Yeah, I, yeah. So my answer is yes, but I would want a different. You would different want a different maker. pizza. Okay. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I could do an entire pizza. I'm trying to think of like the small, more bite sized things. Like I could probably pound a lot of oysters. I know that's a thing. Oh boy. That like a, maybe a fried oyster. Because those are, they're slimy. They go, they slide right down, Ty. Do you like a, a raw oyster? No, not really. Do you like a, a, like a fried or a cooked oyster, a roasted oyster? I think I've had fried oysters before. They were okay. I don't know if, I don't know if I'd be able to eat a whole lot of them. Didn't we do a thing recently where we talked about chicken nuggets or chicken fingers? 
Um, maybe. I know Andy Staples on his podcast, they did that, and then he tried to see how many he could do, and he did, I think, low 60s. Okay. He was raising money for charity. I think you asked about that, if I could go anywhere, if I could get anywhere close to that. Oh, man. Okay. I'm trying to think. Okay. So, something that's not too heavy starch-wise, not too heavy dough-wise. Pizza's really hard to do a lot of. The hot dog challenge is not all that interesting to me. Mm, you, you've said pumpkin pie repeatedly. Yeah. <sighs> What could I what could I just wreck a million of? I think I finally found a question that you don't have a quick answer the, to. An immediate food, quick food answer to? Because you're so deep in the weeds with all things food that maybe you've never thought right. about food in this manner. Yeah, I'm gonna say tacos. Yeah. I'm gonna say I could put away a lot of tacos, especially on a on a thinner corn tortilla. Yeah. I think that's probably my answer but i'm thinking like the bite-sized things i could just eat non-stop at a wedding like i could eat a lot of shrimp cocktail probably i think i could eat a lot of shrimp cocktail how many baby carrots could you eat in one sitting well i baby carrots i mean it's all water so it's gonna fill you up in a different way but i could eat a lot you know baby carrots don't exist in the wild right i'm, I'm intimately familiar yes okay <laughs> <laughs> um god what, what is that what is that small hand like if you're at a wedding tie and I've talked about this with Jeff on Big Boy Bets. Everybody listen to Big Boy Bets, bigboybets.show. Um, if you're at a wedding and you see that there is this hors d'oeuvre, this appetizer, this bite, yeah. what is it that you would like actually try to find the door where the servers are coming out of to cut that server off and, and get refilled? I mean, the pigs in a blanket are... Sure. A classic. Just like a classic never dies. What about that like me. mini barbecue meatball? No, the meatballs aren't bad. You could do a lot of those, those mini yeah. barbecue, like the sweet and sour meatballs almost. Yeah, yeah I could. I really could. <sighs> Maybe that's my answer. All right. Well, right in. Uh, solidverbal at gmail.com. Hit us up on social. Let us know your answer to this and- of course, your it's my favorite on... part of it's my favorite part of the the hot dog eating championship every year. The Nathan's thing when they roll through the different belts, when it's just like <laughs> the gyoza eating the the puff pastry, the blah blah blah. Like I love them rolling through the different belts they have. That is amazing. It's like Nadal on clay. Somebody's got that gyoza belt, and it's just their one corner of the universe that they're better at than everybody else. You hear the oysters, you hear the wings, but then that year that I heard gyoza, that's a real thing that is announced. I think it was Joey Chestnut. If I, I mean, if you're a gambling man, it's probably Joey Chestnut. But when they announced that he was the, in fact, and just let it be known in case anybody doubts him, the gyoza belt also belongs, gyoza, to Joey Chestnut. Oh, it's amazing. Well, look, give us a call, 408-VERBAL-1, as you're watching the games this weekend. That's the reverb line. Don't forget, call in, stream of consciousness, let us know what's on your mind. You can also always email us, solidverbal at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show if you have not already. And uh, we're going to hop over to verballers.com now, to our Patreon, and do a little thing we like to call the BrewFO, Dan. Would you like to hear all of Joey Chestnut's records? <laughs> I have them in front of me. You ready? Do it. Let's close. And then out we'll with go. We'll records. go to the BrewFO. I, I love doing the BrewFO. By the way, you should definitely go to verballers.com to get on, in on that action. Hot dogs, seventy-four. Hard-boiled eggs, one hundred and forty-one in Holy eight minutes. Cow. 
Is that a food? After I give each of these foods, do you think you could not compete with Joey Chestnut, but do you think that could be something you could eat en masse? Hard-boiled eggs? Definitely not. It, it, the yolks would dry you out. That's true. Yeah. Glazed no. donuts, 55 in <laughs> eight minutes. How many? 55, 55 in eight <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Ty, we got a lot to go through here. You got to give go me ahead, a yes, go no. Ahead, go ahead. No, I mean, is that something that you would feel no. good about your pounding ability? No, no, no. Uh, pulled pork sandwiches, 45 in 10 minutes. <laughs> no. Taco Bell soft shell beef tacos, 53 in 10 minutes. I might be able to contend. I might be able to contend there. 182 in 30 minutes, chicken wings, parentheses, long form. <laughs> no, no chance. <laughs> no, but you could pound a bunch of chicken wings. I've seen you eat wings. You're good with that. I can eat wings, but I can't eat yeah. 182 No, 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 of course minutes. not. Uh, crystal hamburgers, so like sort of a, a slider size burger. Oh. Do you, think, do you think you could do damage with sliders? How many did he eat? Well, more than you. 103 <laughs> in eight minutes. <laughs> No, I couldn't contend to that degree, but I could eat a lot of them. Shrimp, shrimp wontons. Whoa. I could do shrimp wontons. Could not you? on his level. Yeah, I could, I could do a ton of shrimp wontons. Yeah, I could probably do 30. He did 390 in eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Twinkies, 121 in six minutes. Standard, I guess, medium form chicken wings, 413 in 12 hours. <laughs> we got to get Chestnut on the show to talk about this. We have to do um, it. We, that's our, that's my next Mutton sandwiches. Goal. Mutton sandwiches. That's lamb, I believe. Oh. 81 sandwiches in 10 minutes. Um, or maybe it's, yeah. Uh, Big Macs, 32 in 38 minutes. Whoa. Tamales, 102 in 12 minutes. God, that's that's a, starchy. That's a bad morning after right there. Yeah. Uh, grilled cheese sandwiches, 47 in 10 minutes. Here it is, Ty. Gyoza. You know what a gyoza is? Like yeah, the yeah. mini dumpling? Sure. 384 in 10 minutes. Holy cow. 38.4 dumplings per minuto. Um, pastrami sandwiches from Katz's, half portion, 25 seven ounce sandwiches in 10 minutes. Have you ever had a cat sandwich? Well, okay, let's be clear. It's not a, a feline sandwich. Right, right, right. It's, right. Uh, yeah, K A T Z. Yes, I've, I've been to Katz's. I think it's pretty good. Okay. Uh, those and they're tall. They're not. They're not uh, diminutive sandwiches. Ice cream sandwiches, twenty five and a half in six minutes. <laughs> Here it is. Here it is. Okay, pierogi. Okay, one hundred and sixty five in eight minutes. Holy cow! Could you eat forty pierogies in a sitting? Forty pierogies? Yeah. No. No. Nothing timed, but just like okay, I'm hungry. I'm sitting down for pierogi fest twenty twenty. No chance. Forty? No way. Forty. Okay. No way. That's a quarter of what he did in eight minutes. Um, sausage and cheese kolaches. <laughs> sort of a Texas empanada, if I had to explain. I don't know. It's hard to explain. They're delicious, though. Uh, 56 in eight minutes. Jesus. Uh, pepperoni rolls, 43 in 10 minutes. And here we are, Ty. Full circle. Hostess donuts. What is your guess? Joey Chestnut, six minutes. Hostess donuts. I do not have if it's powdered, frosted, or cinnamon crumb. Two hundred six minutes. Over two fifty seven. No. Two fifty seven in six minutes. Hi. <laughs> How's that even possible? We're talking about a king amongst men. I don't know. 
Final question, Ty. What? Do you think Joey Chestnut's a good kisser? <laughs> he has any sort of command of restraint? That's oh, all I have. Man. I'm done. Yeah. All right. Well, join us over at herballers.com. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you want to after this, but uh, we, we've got more fun. Yeah. More fun, Dan, to be had. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm, I'm done. I've, I've said everything I want to say after Hostess Donut talk. For that guy over there, Dan Rubenstein, for myself, Ty Hildebrandt. We'll see you soon. Stay solid. Peace.